Well, the health department could be facing a lawsuit and it's being launched by uh, some of the women who have been illegally sterilized. Uh, this is HIV positive women at state hospitals. It was in February when the Commission for Gender Equality released its report uh, with testimonies from some of the victims. Now, let's take you back to some of those hearings. Uh, this report by Tabile Mbele. It's been nine months since the Commission for Gender Equality released the report. Among other things, the report recommended that the health department should compensate these women and respond to other recommendations within three months. While the department has met with the Commission for Gender Equality, there's been no direct contact with the affected women. At a meeting, the women interrupted a presentation by the Commission for Gender Equality's legal unit, demanding to be addressed by the chairperson. Okay, so the thing I would like them to respond to both of them is what has happened in the past eight months since the report was published. Secondly, we want to know that recommendation. What has been done about each of those recommendations? Eh? The Health Professions Council of South Africa and the South African Nursing Council, who were also required to account for their members' actions, have responded to the CGE. However, the Health Department failed to meet the deadline, even after requesting an extension. Jabubalo is the spokesperson for the Commission for Gender Equality. Then we placed them in Mora. When we placed them in Mora, it was telling them that we have, in- we have got all the intention to go to court now. The Department of Health, represented by its new DG, they promised to submit all the information. They duly did that. Almost all the recommendations that they've said are being implemented. And the commission is monitoring the progress thereof. Lawyers representing victims of forced sterilization say it's unconstitutional, inexplicable and outrageous for women to be forcefully sterilized in South Africa, just for being HIV positive. The legal team led by advocates Dalimpov and advocate Tembega Ngugaitobi met with the victims. Advocate Tembega Ngugaitobi explains. So our approach to the law is to combine those three, otherwise the law is a bankrupt concept if it does not combine poverty, gender, as well as historical imbalance in this country. Someone gave me a copy of the CGE report on forced sterilization, and I thought the whole thing is outrageous. Some of these things are totally inexplicable. But the government thinks it can do them because it is dealing with people who have no legal defenses. The entire idea is totally outrageous because it's just inexplicable how something in the post-apartheid. Tabile Mpele, SABC News, Johannesburg. Well, that report filed by Tabile Mbele just on the 17th of November. She was giving an update in terms of where we are with this case. Of course, what has happened is that very seldom do we hear from the voices of the women who were involved, the women on whom uh, these sterilizations were performed. And this morning, we're going to do exactly that. Promise Mtembu is the co-founder of Her Rights Initiative and a PhD candidate at the University of KZN School of Gender Studies. Promise, good morning and thank you so much for your time today on The Talking Point. Good morning, Kathy, and good morning to your listeners. Uh, thank you for having me on your show.
It's a pleasure to have you on. We have been hearing about the story, I guess, more prominently since the Commission for Gender Equality released the report into what exactly had happened to um, some of the 48 women that were listed. But I think maybe just for the perspective of myself and, and the listeners that are tuned in right now, tell us a bit about your story and, and what exactly happened to you. Okay, um, I came across sterilization or sterilization, being forced into sterilization. Um, you know, came across um, when I was 22 years old. Um, I've been diagnosed with HIV a, a couple of years uh, before then, uh, two years uh, before then. Um, and I had to be admitted to hospital for a, a gynecological procedure. And obviously they would know that um, I have uh, HIV so when it was time for me to, to go to theatre, um, a, a doctor, a senior a consultant, uh, came about uh, to prepare me for theatre because he's the one that's going to operate on me. Um, he then told me that um, he is happy to operate uh, on me, but he will only do that um, if I sign uh, a consent for sterilisation uh, because I have HIV and I should not be continuing to uh, have children. So... I mean, that was my experience, um, you know, and obviously the signing did not happen in that moment in time um, because I kind of objected, objected uh, quietly. Uh, he was a man in a white coat um, and I was a woman in green um, a, a, a theater a gown, mm. you know, so I kind of, you know, resisted in a way. Um, you know, and the nurse was there, you know, kind of thought maybe I didn't hear what was being said. Mm. You know, and the doctor insisted that, ah, this one looks very clever. She understands English. She had clearly uh, what I, I had said. Mm. You know, so in a way, talking about me as if I was not there. So I had no choice. Um, I had to sign and then I was uh, wheeled uh, to the theater for now to uh, procedures. So- um, you know, so that is my story. Mm. And uh, what happened afterwards? Um, I sort of became an HIV activist in a way because I was very young when I was diagnosed with HIV mm. and had been involved like with student activism and all of that. And this kind of became, you know, a thing for me because I was seeing more and more young people having HIV. You know, so as I worked with HIV-positive women in my early years of activism, you know, this issue kept on coming up. Mm. So we we'll talk about contraceptives and another, other issues and women will say, you know, I was sterilized, so we shouldn't be having this conversation. Mm. You know, and that's the point where I took interest on the issue and felt that the issue has to be addressed. Um, and we started to organize systematically, systematically on the issue in South Africa because we went to Namibia as a, as a collective to, to train other HIV-positive women on sexual and reproductive health. Mm. And... Uh, yeah, and uh, the woman in Namibia, you know, basically saying, we don't know what we're talking about because now we have been sterilized. You know, mm-hmm. and fortunately for the woman uh, in Namibia, the, the training had been uh, funded by an external organization, which was a human rights organization. You know, so immediately after that training, you know, the researchers were on the ground, the lawyers were on the ground in Namibia taking statements and the issue, you know, went to court speedily, you know, and that's the point where we're kind of encouraged to say if Namibian women can do it, mm. we can do it ourselves. I promise, mm. how long ago did this happen to you? Uh, 
How long ago? Mm. Uh, almost 18 years now. Um, oh, I'm reading my age now. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry to do that. <laughs> yeah, but having said that, mm. um, it is continuing up until this day mm. because the, the oldest case we have is a 2017 case. Mm. So what happens is that if we go out to talk about this uh, in the media, women come forward. You know, so it's basically between late uh, 1990 uh, up to sort of late 2020. Um, and we, we have no reason to believe that it has ended because it can't just end on its own. You know, mm-hmm. something has to happen, you know, from the government side. And nothing has happened from the government side. So we believe that the violation still continues. So, yes. so Promise, if I understand you correctly, just based on your own story, the doctor wasn't going to perform whatever surgery he needed to do if you had not signed those sterilization forms. Yes, yeah, he was not. Uh, or it was going to take longer and I would have been in pain. Mm. You know, and just to say that this is the experience, this is exact experience for, 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 for other women, um, you know, that they would have gone for delivery, it would have been a normal delivery, um, you know, then like in the middle, you know, of everything they would deliver and then the doctor would say, well, you have to be sterilized. Or the doctor would decide that it's a C-section, you know, when the woman is ready to deliver, as in, like, on a delivery bed, mm. because you have HIV. You know, and indeed, um, there are other HIV-positive women who be sterilized without their knowledge. You know, mm. and when we look at that co- cohort, it will be women who gave birth um, when the Prevention of Mother to Child Transmission Protocol were saying HIV-positive women should give birth by C-section. Mm. You know, so that cohort of women um, in our study would be women who say, I did not know that I was sterilized uh, mm. until, um, you know, I had a side effect. I was bleeding. Then I went to see a gynae and the gynae said, this is the cause. Or I was trying to have a child and, you know, the doctor did a scan mm. and the scan said, you know, but you are sterilized. Or I went to get my records of my last delivery and the doctor said, you know, but you are sterilized, you had tubal uh, ligation. Mm. You know, so it, it's the experience. So it's forced um, and in some in- instances it is coerced. And, and you know, the, the, the CGE report found as much, right, that the process of getting consent from many of the women was completely flawed. And um, above everything, people simply weren't given the right information about the procedure that was going to be performed on them. Did it come as a surprise to you that for many of these hospitals where some of the surgeries had been conducted, especially for the initial group of 48 women, that those hospitals mm. simply seem to not have records that the data has somehow mysteriously disappeared? Mm. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'll start with the CGE process. Mm. Um, that we, we went to the CGE process when we had like tried for years. Uh, and failed to convince the Department of Health that this is an issue and they ought to be uh, uh, addressing that issue. I think we actually went to the CGE after seven years of trying to engage the Department of Health. You know, and in our initial engagement, the Department of Health said, we are not going to be able to assist you because you are speaking, you know, on anecdotes. You are telling us about anecdotes, you know, so individual stories of women that cannot be verified. You know, and, and that was 2009. 
Um, and we went to the University of KwaZulu-Natal and begged them, convinced them to conduct a study that would prove our case. So the study was conducted between 2010 and 2012. Um, then obviously the findings, the recommendations, you know, law reform, compensation, policy reform were presented to the Department of Health. You know, and at that point, the CGE had come in to support us and nothing happened. In 2014, one of, of our women um, they, was assisted by the Women's Leader Centre to lodge a, a case in Gauteng, Gauteng uh, High Court, and that was a test case for us. Um, and that case was settled out of court in 2015, just before the, 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 the election, elections, if that means something. Um, and then in 2015, we then decided that we are going to go to the Commission for Gender Equality to lodge a complaint because we had understood at that time that this is not medical negligence. You know, this is not just individual doctors, you know, acting, you know, like not respecting their medical ethics. This is systematic. You know, this is eugenics. This is uh, racism. And it's targeted uh, at HIV-positive women. And two months after we lodged the complaint on behalf of the 48 women with the CGE, SANAC, the South African National AIDS Council, launched uh, their study, uh, which is called uh, HIV Stigma Index. You know, they collaborated with many organizations, including the Human Sciences Research Council, in conducting, you know, this study. So, and this study reveals that 498 women who are HIV positive in that study had been forced into sterilization. You know, so, so that was basically saying this is a national problem. Mm. You know, and the FANAC is an agency of the Department of Health. So basically, the Department of Health study had confirmed, you know, what we were saying. We had 48 and they identified 95. I promise you know, I'm, going to, way, I'm, I'm going to allow us to continue with uh, this conversation after the latest 10.30 news headlines. Absolutely incredible, um, you know, the study and what it has found. And I'm keen to also hear uh, some of the experiences that you might have had with, um, you know, the health department's different state hospitals because we now understand that it could very well not have been limited to just HIV-positive women. It's just after after 10.30, Utsile Sako has your latest news headlines. Timo Sasana on SAFM. We're paying special focus on the illegal sterilization of HIV-positive women that has taken place in this country. And uh, like I said just before we went to the news headlines, it has been expanded uh, beyond just the HIV-positive women. And we'll hear about the experiences of others. Primrose Mtembu is the co-founder of Her Rights Initiative and is also a PhD candidate at the University of KwaZulu-Natal School of Gender Studies. And she was was one of those that went to the gender commission to commission for gender equality rather to lay this complaint on behalf of the 48 HIV positive women primrose before we went to the news you were telling us about just how widespread this practice may have been over the years yes yeah we, we believe that it is widespread you know and data from us and data that is coming mm-hmm. from the department of, of health uh, confirms uh, this. You know, and, and we have to say that um, it, 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 it's systematic, it's, it's eugenics, and we have to source its origins, right? So 
It comes from the 1974 population control policy, the mm-hmm. apartheid population co- control policy, which was basically curbing reproduction of black women because the black population was growing. So you have the policy uh, on sterilization, massive sterilization of black poor women, uh, and massive, you know, um, uh, uh, black poor women who are given death hope at Provera. Mm-hmm. You know, then you have the transition to, to, to democracy. You know, and in the transition, there isn't like a gender-specific nuance or feminist-specific nuance of understanding the crimes and violations uh, of uh, apartheid uh, to black people. You know, then, um, so the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, for an example, does not deal with forced sterilization. It doesn't deal with forced uh, uh, contraceptives. You know, then you get this practice, you know, sort of sneaking in into democratic uh, South Africa. You know, then you get HIV, you know, and then, like, when you look at uh, women living with HIV, for an example, they are marginalized women, you know, but they sit further down in the ladder of, mar- of marginalization. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time they have HIV, they are marginali- marginalized, and then HIV pushes them, you know, further down. Mm-hmm. You know, so they are exposed to all sorts uh, of, 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 of violations and do not have power. Uh, you know, and it's also very difficult for us to attract public attention and public uh, sympathy. You know, and that is why we do not have an organization of women living with HIV, uh, you know, for an example. Mm-hmm. You know, so they get targeted. You know, our research is also pointing to the fact that disabled women might also be getting uh, targeted, but we have not conducted a study to mm-hmm. this effect, and we're looking uh, at doing that uh, in the future. You know, then you have the CGE report. Um, you know, the, the popular discourse is that the CGE report, you know, only focused of, on consenting. You know, but this, this is what the findings of the CGE report are saying. I mean, it's saying that the state violated 26 of our human rights mm, as mm. HIV-positive women. And it, know, has listed, mean, and it has listed all of those rights, by the way. Exactly. Mm, mm. You know, and the most important one, you know, of, for us is that Sterilization, being forced into sterilization is the worst form of violence uh, against women. Mm. It causes cruel, inhumane, and degrading torture. Mm. You know, and then, you know, the, the other, I mean, the, the, the discrimination on the basis of gender and also um, HIV status. Uh, you have not found any HIV positive men who have been forced into sterilization and you would know what will happen, you know, when that happens. You know, there is also racial discrimination, um, although the CGE report does not, you know, is not nuanced in this particular one, in the sense that all HIV-positive women that have come forward are black, you know, and poor, poor in the sense that they use public health um, hospitals. You know, and then obviously, you know, there's denial of sexual and reproductive rights and many um, mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. You know, then the CGE report makes many recommendations, you know, but the recommendation that matters to us is that upon receipt of the report, the Department of Health must meet with the complainants with the aim of facilitating a process of redress. Mm. You know, so the CGE basically say, you know, let us go mediation, you know, let us engage in mediation ways uh, of uh, redress. You know, and as you said in your introduction, the department does not respond uh, until it has been placed uh, on MORA. Um, and then on the 25th, uh, of uh, uh, November, the Minister of Health presents his plan, his progress, you know, plan on what he's planning to do with regards, you know, to the recommendations uh, of the report. And with regards 
to the recommendation on redress, he leaves the following. Um, that he has uh, uh, assembled a team of a psychologist, a social worker, and a religious leader. And this team is going to be providing uh, emotional and spiritual counseling to us. You know, and uh, I mean, you can imagine what mm, happened. Mm. We have violated our rights 26 times. You know, we've been engaging with you for 12 years, you know, and all that you can offer us is counseling and emotional uh, and spiritual, uh, you know, healing. Um, you know, so you basically are ridiculing, like you are reducing this gross human rights violation, which is fit for international, um, you know, uh, for, you know, the court of international crime, mm. you know, to like a, a emotional issue that can be addressed with counseling. You know, so we are like severely aggrieved, you know, disappointed mm. and angry with what the minister has proposed. Promise the minister what, what, is also... Sure. You know, one of the things that, that, that I also find from the report is that some of the bodies that regulate the work that is being done by health professionals, your HPCSA, your nursing councils, they've all been listed as being given a role to investigate this matter and also investigate the work that is being carried out by their members. Do, do you get a sense that any of that has happened so far? Um. I mean, to a particular degree. So what the minister has also done, which is a concern to us, is that he set up a committee uh, that is going to investigate the hospital, you know, the, the violations further. You know, and we are saying, yeah, we've been investigated enough. You know, we want to be heard at this point. You know, and what is the minister going to investigate? Because his own research has found, you know, uh, that, that, you know that there is foster realization. You know, and by the way, the CGE investigated this matter for five years, you know, and we do know that in the CGE investigative team, there were eight lawyers of the Department of Health that were crisscrossing with, you know, these 15 hospitals that were implicated. So the Department of Health were part of the investigation. So what is it, you know, that they are going to be investigating? And with regards to the Health Professionals Council, um, and nursing council. The nursing council has, you know, basically denied to say we do what the doctor orders, you know, but the health professionals council has taken responsibility. I mean, they were the first body, you know, that came forward in our support, uh, you know, in calling off the doctors not to do this. You know, as a matter of fact, the chairperson came to the launch of our report and said he is ashamed to be a medical doctor in South Africa today. You know, so they are completely on board and are supporting us. You know, and it has to be stated that in our struggles of 12 years, I mean, some of the doctors in, in a few public hospitals, there are obstetricians and gynecologists, offered to scan us to see exactly what had happened to mm, us. You know, mm. and that was coming from their own personal evolution. Mm, you know, mm. that assisted us, um, like I'm one of the women who was scanned, and four, we're five, and four others have since passed on. Um, that assisted us in understanding what happened, you know, but it also brought light to the violation that had happened to us. Because all five of us, our troops had been cut and bent, <laughs> you know, and cutting them or tying them is kind of sufficient, you know. And they also felt that, you know, the scars in our bodies were too big for someone who was just, you know, in theater for a sterilization. Mm -hmm. And that indicated the violence. 
you know, and the anger that the doctors had, um, you know, on us. Uh, you know, so, so that is the status of the, you know, medical uh, professionals. You know, but with regards to the department, I mean, it looks like there is still a long way to go uh, before we, we achieve uh, justice. Uh, positive and and, and promise j- just to ra- round it off with you before I bring the other guests on the line. There is now mm. a civil lawsuit that is being launched. Um, no. Okay. Uh, what is happening is that we are exploring our options. Okay. I mean, obviously, in compiling the complaint and all of that, you know, there were legal organizations uh, that were assisting us. Mm. You know, right now, we are looking at the recommendation that is about, you know, reaches. You know, obviously, we're not going to go on our own, on the table, on our own as uh, women living with HIV. You know, a legal person has to be there to ensure that we get, you know, the best, you know, that there is. You know, of course, uh, litigation is one of the options, and we know that litigation works because we have, you know, a test case that was settled uh, uh, out of court. So we have on board the Center for Applied Legal Studies, um, you know, at VET. They are supporting us, uh, you know, uh, with thinking about, you know, how would the future litigation strategies would look like. Mm-hmm. And we also have the Women's Legal Center, you know, that are supporting us, you know, sort of with the same. But we have not categorically decided that we are going to be litigating uh, right. on this. We still are hoping that, you know, as per the CGE recommendations, the Department of Health will come to the party to negotiate redress, compensation mm. with us, and not give us the counselors and the other fundies. Mm. Promise Mtembu, mm. let me thank you so much for your time this morning on The Talking Point. She's the co-founder of the Her Rights Initiative and a PhD candidate at the University of KZN School of Gender Studies. After the break, we're going to be speaking um, to another victim of forced sterilization, uh, Bongekile Msibi. She's one of those that has recently come forward. Uh, she's not HIV positive and is not part of the initial group of applicants. Uh, the EFF has now also entered the fray. We'll find out exactly what role they're going to be playing. Uh, so all of that coming up after this. Here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. SAFM. 106.2 FM in Zanin. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We're continuing the conversation on the forced sterilizations that have happened. Uh, this is, um, you know, some of operations that have been done on HIV positive women in particular. But we know that since the report of the Commission for Gender Equality has come out, a lot more women have been raising their hand saying, well, uh, this has also happened to us. And some of them are not HIV positive. Bongekile Msibi is one of those women and she joins us now on the line. Bongekile, good morning. Good morning, Kate. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time and uh, for being part of the conversation today. Perhaps if you can just also, um, you know, very briefly tell us about what happened to you. So, um, 2005, I gave birth at Barragona Hospital and there was discharge under the impression that um, everything was okay, everything was normal, that I had just given birth. Mm. Um, just to fast forward, um, 2016, when I was trying to conceive and when I was now engaged, 
Um, that's when I learned that I didn't have a uterus. So I was trying to conceive. After trying for a couple of months, mm. that's when I decided to go see um, a doctor. And I was just thinking it's just infertility issues that can be treated. And only to learn when I go there that I didn't have the uterus. There's absolutely nothing wrong with me. I'm healthy, but I don't have a uterus. Mm. And when I trace back my stats, it only made sense because the only time I've ever been in a hospital in my entire life was when I was um, giving birth at Baraconet Hospital. Sure. And how did you feel, Bongekile? I still don't know how I feel today. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's still unbelievable. You know, um, there are just moments where I, I'm just sitting, minding my own business, and it just come back, and so hard, and I'm reminded that, oh, by the way, mm. um, I'll never be able to, to conceive again. Mm. And the most um, hurtful part is that I'm perfectly healthy. Mm. I am able. Um, I was able to to to, to conceive until um, that happened. Were there any forms that you were given to to fill in? Were uh, you know? D- do you remember the process of how it it could have happened? Um, at that time, I was seventeen, so I was a minor. Mm. So there was no concern uh, form given to my mom as she was present with me all the time and. Um, there was also no communication at all. Even after I was discharged, I went home under the impression that I was okay. And mm. nothing was said to me until I was uh, trying to, to conceive. That's when um, I learned the horrible news that I didn't have a uterus. I was illegally sterilized. Mm. And um, I went back. I remember on the, um, the very first day I decided to to step up and do something about this. On the 20th of December, 2016, mm. um, I wrote to our previous health um, minister, Mr. Aaron Mutualedi, and I was referred back to Baragona to where the incident happened. And when I got there, um, they did acknowledge that I, I was uh, indeed once um, their patient at that time. And there is a doctor that is indirectly admitting that um, he knows what happened because... Um, I don't think he's involved uh, with me being sterilized, but I believe that he's got information mm-hmm. uh, with regards to this practice that, is, that has been happening because he came to me and he said to me um, he was the. At first he said I signed a consent form and I reminded him that I was 17, so it was so um, unlawful for you to give me a consent form. Mm-hmm. Later on he changed and he said, no, um, my mom was given a consent form. Uh, the following uh, meeting, I did come with my mom, and my mom confirmed that she didn't know anything about me being legally sterilized. And now um, there are no medical uh, documents, and that is uh, the excuse that the department um, is using. So, 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 so when, when, when you reported this matter to the health department, did they assist you at all? No, no. Um, they, 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 they did not. Actually, um, we did. Um, I do. I have my own legal uh, team just for my case. As you know, that I'm not part of the 48 um, women that were reported mm. on CGE. Mm. So um, at some point, there was um, means to try to mediate, and the department. The only thing they said to me was that they are they cannot mediate because I don't have my records yet where the ones are responsible to for, for, I mean mm-hmm. to, to, to keep my, my records. And on top of that, um to see that um to prove it that they know that there's uh, this practice that is happening. Um there is a doctor here that is indirectly admitting, Doctor Edrich. But nothing is happening. He's not being investigated. 
um, the only thing that happened was the department. The department is continuously um, bullying us and trying to intimidate um, us. At some stage, the department sent me a letter. They were saying, I need to stop mentioning Dr. Edridge's name because I'm punishing his name. Mm. And my question was that, but he's involved. So how do I stop mentioning it? Because he's the one that got, that has answers to all these questions that I have. Mm. So if you really look at it, um, the department, um, they're not... They're not, they're not willing to take any um, accountability yet. It's been proven that mm. it's not a bone problem, but the entire country is, 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 in, is, in, is in trouble because um, there's, a, there's a study that was done by Professor Catherine Burns, and um, she explained it so well, the reason why um, are we seeing people in this democratic country that are, are being so, um, sterilized. Mm. I mean... If you're black, you're poor, you're still a scholar, it is assumed that after uh, you've had a baby, your life is done. You are absolutely, you're going to be a burden to, to, to the economy. Mm-hmm. But in my case, I am not. I'm actually contributing to the, to the economy. And what they did to me is irreversible. So they cannot go back and change what um, it has been done. So um, I believe that there's a, long, there's a lot that still needs to change within... Um, our systems, because there are people that have knowledge of what is happening, mm. but the department is still protecting them. Bonke Kile, I'm, I'm interested to know from you, um, in your immediate community, so as you were making these trips to Baragwanath Hospital, speaking to different people, did you manage to encounter other women that had been through what you had gone through? Yes, Katie, I have. Actually, mm. I um, I founded a foundation called Hopeful Foundation. So um, what we do, we advocate for illegally sterilized um, women. Mm. Currently on my, my foundation, I have about 12 women that were illegally sterilized, and they're not HIV positive. Um, it's just different silly excuses, really. There's a 15 years old that was sterilized, and she was told that um, if she doesn't sign the consent form, she will not be able to walk again. Mm-hmm. And if you really look at it, what is the linkage between your legs and your uterus? And why would you? Why are doctors so comfortable um, to to give consent forms to, to minors? minors? Yes, this has been happening, and they've been getting away um, with it. And it, to them, it's it, it's a norm. I asked um, the previous NEC, um, Mr. Masugu, that you know that your department is in, is, in, is in trouble and we've been trying to come to communicate with you so that we have um, a solution mm-hmm. as we can. But all you are willing to do is compensate. That's not enough because compensating, you're not, you're not fixing the problem. Mm-hmm. You're just brushing mm-hmm. it off because mm-hmm. the very same doctor that did that to me will continue doing it to someone else. It's going to be... Um, a norm that is happening because if a doctor can say yes i was there i know what happened to you but they can't tell me it means they know and they've been getting away with it and um i believe that dr edrich has been used to to do the damage control because why would he allow that the that the hospital uses him i mean he's a professional but but why would you allow your name to be associated with that mm. with such a gross practice if 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 you're honestly um, innocent it means he knows that this is is been happening mm. considering that um mm. dr edwards one of the senior doctors that have been practicing during um the apartheid era so this has been happening and he's quite aware of and he's got information and 
can actually help us to put a stop to this, but the mm. department is actually protecting him. Bongekile Msibi is one of the victims, as you say, as you heard, um, who had a, a, an illegal sterilization effectively performed on her. And, uh, you know, coming onto the radio to also just give her side of the story. We were scheduled to have some of the other stakeholders that are involved in this conversation to come on board. But um, it looks like we haven't been able to reach them. But uh, this is a conversation that we're certainly not going to have once off. And um, I think maybe before I wrap up with Bongekile, let me just listen to, uh, let's listen to some of the WhatsApp voice notes that you've been uh, sending in in response to this conversation. Good morning, Cathy. This is Viv from KZN. Uh, regarding the ladies that were sterilized, uh, my view is that the minister should stop all his investigations and award the ladies constitutional damages of a million rand each and also the families who lost the loved ones those families should also be um, awarded a million rand compensation because the only way to send a message to the government is to hurt them in the pocket otherwise they won't listen to you because they just don't care thank you good morning I think um, the nurse must come into the play here because they are too protective over their workers. So I think they can even come into the board and have some say on these issues of forced sterilization because some of those workers were their members. Now as well must come to the board. And I'm happy because the EFF lawyers, they are in a forefront. This time government is going to pay every price. They've messed into the wrong people, the EFF. Now the EFF is in the forefront of these cases. Thank you, it's Calvin Bizen Malamle. Yeah, well, uh, Calvin, you know, uh, thanks for raising the issue of the EFF because we were um, supposed to speak to them this morning, but uh, for whatever reasons, we haven't been able to reach the representative who was scheduled to come on to the show. Uh, Some of your WhatsApp messages coming in, listening to this, it's very disturbing and especially outraging. You're very heartbreaking. What a satanic government. Uh, That's a message there um, from Anonymous. Bongekile, you know, just to put it into perspective for our listeners, what 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 do you feel that you've really lost as a result of um, these the sterilization that that was performed? What has been taken away from you? Uh, most of all, Casey, my my, my dignity, uh, my, my rights. Um, there's so much that has been taken away from me, and absolutely. Nothing um, can ever bring it back. Mm. I usually say, yes, I do want to be compensated. But unfortunately, no amount of money will ever bring back my uterus, no science. But what we can do moving forward is to pave the way for the upcoming generation. I don't want my daughter, your daughter, your aunt, or anyone mm. um, in our country to go through what um, I went through. And that is why I decided that I cannot sit down and keep quiet with this problem when I can see that it's spreading, you know, it's like cancer. It's spreading, and if I keep quiet, my daughter will be subjected to the very same experience um, that I was. And that's why I took a, uh, a decision to, to, to stand up. It's, it's unfortunate that nothing can ever bring back mm. what was taken away from me, but I can do something. 
do you do you do you plan on joining a part of uh, whatever action is being planned uh, by the 48 women these are the hiv positive women who had uh, these sterilizations performed on them absolutely Katie. Mm. Um, we are we are we, we are fighting one government here therefore we do have to come together and um march forward and try to to fix what um, is already been broken, not going to be easy, not going to happen tomorrow. But yes, absolutely, we are um, actually um, uh, in partnership with Her Right uh, Initiative, mm. and we are working together with EFF um, as well. They are, they've been really um, helpful when it comes to addressing this um, issue and also to raise um, awareness. EFF has been very helpful. Okay. All right. Bonge Kilem Sibi, thank you so much for coming on to the talking point today and for sharing your story with us. And just uh, a quick note to our listeners that we did reach out to uh, the Commission for Gender Equality, the Health Department, the HPCSA, um, and they all were uh, unable to come on this morning. Uh, we were scheduled, like I said, to speak to a representative of the EFF, and uh, we haven't been able to reach them so far. It's 11 o'clock. Utsile Sako is standing by with your 11 o'clock news.